0: Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. It's a really big week. We are covering so many movies where we're covering an, an epic movie called The Wanting Mare. I'm really excited to hear what Eric Holmes and Bruce Porky, aka the Bro- Broodsy, the Brutzy, has to say about this. The, the Broods. The Broods, <laughs> the Broods. Did you revisit The Broods lately? Was it, yeah, The Broods has something to do with uh, Mr. Fly-in-the-Wall kind of filmmaker oh it's a what bruce perky was showing a what's in the box segment the brood is the broods has something to do with his latest what's in the box segment that being every single week if you're a listener you can give bruce perky a movie recommendation via his rusto meyer youtube channel or just email him at bruce Perkey at gmail.com for movies you would love for him to see he'll pick up something from the box and then review it the subsequent week eric holmes you're wearing a cinematic shirt you're pipping that show that I've been doing with Anderson Cowan for the last five five years. Thank yep. you, sir. I also you. forgot
1: to I for, forgot to change my name to uh, Long with the Dick. I guess would <laughs> probably be
0: a good one. Oh, Long with the D I C K. Uh, Long with the Richard. Uh, since I'm not, I'm not a, there. You okay. go. <laughs> okay. Yes, because that that is in reference to something I I think Eric. I hope you talk about during somewhere in this podcast. That's a nice, what, nice really meeting meetup that you took part in right is that it yeah uh well not really a meetup
1: but uh well we'll talk about it or we can talk about it now if you want but uh yeah i i
0: saw a thing and i saw a thing thanks to bruce and it was pretty cool yeah i i saw that from bruce perky and you know what why don't we just talk about it right now because look i'm gonna say right right now and that right here and then i think one of the times we really bonded was when i think it was bruce perky who first saw the death of dick long and I think we actually did, for our previous movie podcast, Movie Mainline, I think we did a spoiler episode mm-hmm. on the death of Dick Long because we all loved it. I had no idea what what Bruce's message was because during the week, I'm such a an, an idiot. I, I don't read my emails and I don't, I don't look at Bruce Perky's really interesting things that he has to say because I'm an idiot. But you did Eric Holmes. And what was this thing that you were talking about regarding Richard Long? Okay, well, okay.
1: I, I went on Twitter and I saw that Bruce retweeted something Virginia Madsen tweeted out that they were cast of Virginia Madsen longer, or not Madsen,
0: Virginia Newcomb. I always do that. I'm Virginia sorry. Madsen, by the way, great actress, Virginia Newcomb excellent great actress very very good very good but uh yeah sorry just so
1: you know if from now on if i say virginia madsen i mean virginia newcomb but my my brain sucks like that anywho uh, i saw that she put up a thing that the cast of death of dick long was doing a uh one of those internet read-throughs of gone with the wind doesn't she play Uh, Rhett butler (laughs) i see i saw I, i i shouldn't say i saw gone with the wind i fell asleep through gone with the wind about three or four times and uh, so I'm not, like, I'm familiar enough with it, but not that familiar with it. Like, uh, it's just a, a movie that never never spoke to me. But the, just the fact that it was the cast of Death of Dick Long doing the read-through of it, I was like, oh, I got to see what this is about. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that I want to say too much about it, because as I was watching it, there was a little record button on the top left of the screen. Not on my screen, but on, the, on, their, on their end. So I think... The uh, performance was recorded. I don't know if it'll be released, but if it does, I would seek it out because it was pretty freaking fantastic and really fun. They condensed it down. I think the original movie's like what, like four hours long or something? They condensed yeah. it down to like hour and 45 minutes or something like that. And it was just uh, they they were just having fun with it. There was uh, Sunita Mani, yes, uh, right. she she was in Glow. <laughs> she she played a couple of characters. One with the mustache, where she would hold up the mustache and then take it off, put the hat on, take the hat. <laughs> and the, the, there was a couple like a, a lot of the cast members really went hard with with the costumes, especially the ones that were playing multiple characters. And I must say the mustache game was very strong in this. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, it was it was a great time. And um I hope they do more of these things because not just them, but just people in general. Because I've seen, seen the one with the Plan Nine from Outer Space and there was the one with Shia LaBeouf with the with the Fast Times Original High. Like they they've been doing these since the COVID thing, and they're usually pretty good. And this is definitely one of the best ones, probably the best one I've seen. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, after doing, watching oh go ahead, Bruce, I'm sorry. So they need to incorporate their name, do like the you know, the death of Dick Longest Yard or the Deck of the Somehow they need to like get that all involved. No, yeah.
1: no, but they do uh like they do kind of go off script sometimes and kind of point out a lot of the uh racist stuff in, in the movie, like uh Daniel Scheinart, who's doing the what do you call it, stage direction, I guess? He would get up to a partner and, and now we have the part of Mammy, a very racist stereotype that no one wanted to read. So I guess I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> <And he laughs> just kind of grits his teeth, gets through it. And like, I, I, they, they definitely, they definitely poke fun at it and kind of send up the uh, racist elements of it. And it's, pretty unflinching and really funny and like I said it looked like it looked like they were recording and maybe they were maybe they weren't I don't know but I hope they put it out cuz it's definitely definitely worth checking out if it does in fact
0: come out. Okay, very cool. That that is awesome. And yeah, Bruce, I thought you you actually did some kind of photoshop and I go, "What why did you mash up Death of Dick, Dick Long and Gone with the Wind? That is completely out there. Like like you are, Bruce, but that was awesome. That I should have actually followed on up on that. And yeah, Again, The Death of Dick Long is an awesome movie. I'm sure it's on Blu-ray DVD right now. You can get on digital. I I believe I own it on digital. Eric, do you you guys have it on digital as well? I think- Yes, it's floating around somewhere. (laughs) Okay. Cool. So that is what you've done last week. Bruce, last week, have you done any of
2: these kind of virtual meet- meetups? Maybe middle class film class? Did you do anything with those guys or Twitch? Um, or... I tried to jump on. They did a, a showing of Freaked. I think it's the Alex Winter Lost movie. That's amazing if you've never seen it. So I watched a little of that. But I was having some connection problems. But I've seen that two or three times. And if you haven't checked that out, it's it'll blow your mind as one of the weirder movies that ever got made. Freaked. Brooke Shields is in it. Ooh. Bobcat Goldthwaite. Oh, Dennis Quaid. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Keanu Reeves, isn't it? Yes.
0: (laughs) You know, Eric, Eric Holmes. You know, where Bruce Perky during our cinematics Facebook, one of our fa- uh, Facebook group things, he he made a joke about how I usually drop names. What something about me dropping names about how I interview these people and why you're mentioning these ma- names, Bruce? I was thinking about oh, I interviewed Mr. Quaid here or Mr. Re- Mr. Reeves here and there, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna actually I'm not, I'm not gonna slink away from that. I'm still gonna drop those names, but I am now being a little bit more tempered in my name dropping so, because. That's not interesting. All those people I interviewed, that's, it's not, these are not interesting. Sometimes they're interesting. Sometimes they're interesting. But what's more interesting than me meeting celebrities is the idea of this movie called The Wanting Mayor. That is our main review this week on Find Your Film. It hits theaters, select theaters, and video on demand Friday, February 5th. It is directed by this really interesting digital artist written and directed by Nicholas Ash Bateman. I don't know if I really, it's hard. Bruce, Eric, can you guys even do some kind of plot synopsis on The want, the Wanting Mare? It it's an epic, let's just call it an epic dream world fantasy situation. It has to deal, The Wanting Mare, it has to deal with horses are at a premium. There are two different lands. One land is really hot. The other, land is, the other land is cold. The only way you can get there, I believe, is through a ship. And the only, there's there's going to be a whole but You know, every single year, that cold section of the world. And by the way, this is not set on Earth. It's set in this other world. But this cold city or this cold piece of civilization, they come back to that hot area of this planet to get a bunch of mares every year. They put the mares on the ship. And then sometimes the people in the hot section of the world If they get a ticket, they can actually go into the ship with all these mares. And with that winning ticket, they can leave this really humid and decrepit and poverty stricken place and go to this cold, but probably more affluent and more prosperous world. So that is sort of the premise of the Wanting Mayor. And it centers on a couple of different generations living in this impoverished, humid city. And I, Bruce, you were the first one to step into the breach to actually check out the Wanting Merit. Do you just want to just get right into it and your thoughts, which by the way, your initial thoughts made me scared the living crap out of me. And it made me not even watch it for a couple of days. So Mm -hmm. So, yeah,
2: I, well, remember how a couple of weeks ago you were like really grumpy and you were, you were like crapping on all the, all the movies you brought. I hope I won't be that guy this week, but yeah. I, I gave at least a s- extra star for the amount of effort and time put into making this movie. But yeah, I, I, it messaged you when I watched it. I got about thirty minutes into it. And I was like, I I don't know. I don't know if I can make it to the end of this movie. And that was on. Was that Saturday or last? It was on Friday? Saturday.
0: And this is the first time you've ever told me about that. And I, I yeah. the fact that this is a press. It set a precedent. I was
2: shaking. I was. And I was then nervous. I yeah. finished it this morning. <laughs> it took <laughs> me till this morning to finish it. I, I, uh... I know you guys both probably like it better than I do. I wrote down, oh, here's a couple of my notes and then you can just roll to your own degree. To me, it came across as like young adult fantasy written by a high schooler who was always told that their poetry was amazing. and No one ever told them any kind of criticism. Um, it was the video game cut scene. The movie is kind of what came to my mind when I watched it. The backgrounds are always out of focus. And not matching up the motions in the front, which are always shaky cam motions, which I hated that. Um, I said it hurt my eyes to watch this movie. And it hurt my brain to try to figure out what the hell was going on.
0: Okay. <laughs> there's going to be a lot. There's going to be. That's a good take, Bruce. Because there's going to be. I can't wait to hear what you think, Eric. I took that energy that you were throwing that first day. And I again, a lot of fear. I watched it and I was waiting for the other shoe to drop for The Wanting Mare, I ended up really digging this movie. And it's it's a movie that, as the days go by, still resonate. And I know you're saying giving an extra star to all the hard work. Nicholas Ash Bateman, he shot the entire movie in and around this warehouse in Patterson, New Jersey. 500 VFX shots. And Bateman's next film is the David Lowry film, The Green Knight, so this guy is very talented when it comes to effects. He built a world that, fair enough, the plot itself was, I think, not as important as the actual atmosphere and the world building that he was trying to do with this movie. And I did, it ultimately struck me on an, also on an emotional level regarding the dreams, how the dreams of one generation fade into the next, one person's thoughts or nightmares on a daily basis may never may never will probably be passed on to a next generation. I know we've we've heard this kind of trope before. I thought the way it was handled in The Wanting Mirror left me actually pun intended wanting more from this movie. Wanting more story out of out of like The Wanting Mirror. Like I want more stories within this universe. So I ended up really digging it not just because of the the effort by Bateman and the visual effects and everything but I thought the actors in this movie all unknowns I thought they 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 were great they were very believable yeah so I high marks for me I think I gave this actually three and a half stars solid film uh, Bruce I, I'm sure you're gonna be a little bit incredulous this is a three and a half star upscale I would see I would see that I, I wouldn't mind seeing this again and I believe I will even like it even more Eric Holmes your thoughts on the wanting mayor. Uh, well,
1: uh, first of all, I, uh, Bruce, all Bruce's thoughts are pretty, pretty fair, I would say. But I lean more towards you, Greg, and that I, I liked it probably in spite of all that. This, uh, this felt like uh, if David Lynch heard what Streets of Fire was about and then decided to make his own version of Streets of Fire. <laughs> it's uh it's uh, this is not a like you said the plot i mean you mentioned the plot and even still as you're mentioning i'm nodding go yeah okay that happened yeah that happened and then as soon as you're done i'm like and i forgot what it was about again like it's (laughs) this this has a uh this has kind of a a similar take to uh i have a similar take with the tenant i think i mentioned you guys were like i I feel like there's something in there that I need to figure out and dig for. And it it seems like there is something there. But at the same time, I think I kind of got it, but not really. And to Bruce's point, this is really hard to follow. This is definitely not a a movie you sit back and eat popcorn to. This is a movie you got to lean forward and take in everything. And hopefully you're engaged enough to want to do that. And maybe not everyone will be. Yeah. Um,
2: clearly bruce wasn't the, it, but but yeah Greg i mean a was, lot of the so. dialogue it isn't a lot of the dialogue stuff like this like you're the one and then someone else will like stare off with their face kind of grit-lased. yeah they were
1: well <laughs> see i would i would have had to have heard it because it does do that mumble core thing though <laughs> like you know the but but i think i think with movies like this it kind of works at least it works for me because it's not you know to greg's point it's not and Maybe it is about the plot, but if it is, then it's a complete failure yeah. but if it's more about mood, which I think they're going for, yeah um, yeah, then i I think it nailed it and I, 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 I I thought it looked really good, uh but towards the end, I started noticing that the uh the foreground and background don't quite match, and like for instance, if I got a light behind me like right by my shoulder, the light's gonna be real bright, but some of the light's gonna bleed through in front of me. Well, if the background's a green screen and the lights real bright, you can have like a, a light pointing on my shoulder, but you're not gonna see that bleed through. And so yeah. it's it's kinda like one of those one of those really subtle things that you don't notice, but you notice it looks a little off. But and you said they shot this thing. because I, I didn't watch that behind the scenes thing. You said they shot this all inside of a, a warehouse, which seems yeah. odd to me because there was nothing there was nothing really special about the background that they I don't understand why they just didn't shoot find a location and shoot there, or maybe that's all they had was a warehouse and
0: that's it. I mean, everything everything you see, all of the background is is um, special effects. That yeah. all of that, yeah. So, but and also, I mean, the fact that it took five years to do it. I mean, I I don't know. That was pretty. It's an ambitious film. I think it's it's a mood piece. And to, to Bruce, your point, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where you it's hard to really decipher point A to point B. All of the little building blocks but i think if you go into it like say i'm thinking of like david gordon green's earlier stuff like george washington or i'm sorry bruce i'm gonna have to mention it but like like the early like the first half of the first half of this movie reminded me a little bit of like a a terrence malick stuff where Mm. where it's just free-flowing narrative and it's just
2: a lot of it is yes i got it if terrence malick was made by george lucas in the prequels That's what it would be. Hey, and fair enough. The background is out of focus the whole time. No, (laughs) no. But uh, to your point, both of your points. If if you if you go into this in the first ten minutes, you like the aesthetic, the visual aesthetic, you will like this movie. Yeah. Uh, To me, it's absolutely not the aesthetic I like. This feels very computer generated to me all the way around. And I and I understand. I mean, as a test reel, like as an effects test reel for like ten minutes. To me, that would be effective. It'll show like what you can do. To make that actually a movie, it that's where it falls because we were talking about the story itself. It's almost like the way the effects are shot is like handcuffing the ability to tell the story the, the way they want because they have to shoot it a certain way because they're in a static location. So they have to use that static location in a certain way to make the backgrounds work. And um, that to me is what fails for me. I mean, and once again, it's 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 taste. I mean, I could see people reversing, like we talked about Wolf House last week. I could see people having the same reaction I'm having to this with the Wolf House because right. they would hate that approach. So, I mean, it, it's it's such a tone piece that yeah. yet the tone either works or it doesn't for you. You know, yeah.
0: On a, on a human level, though, there's a main love story, not to give too much away, and you get to see the arc of this love story. And for me, it worked. That love story actually worked, even though a lot of the a lot of the things, a lot of those spaces weren't colored in. There's a lot of stuff that's that's really, yeah, it boosts you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of mystery still behind it. But then, I I don't know, I was really into this wave and all of those little empty spaces that weren't colored in still appeal to me. It, it actually, Eric, like you're saying, you get to lean forward. You have to actually be a part. In my opinion, you have to be a, a participant to be a, a full, and especially if you like that ride. I think you can... I think there's going to be a lot of people who love the wanting mayor, and I think there's going to be a lot of people who will go the completely opposite direction regarding the wanting mayor. Still, I was really trepidatious about this whole experience, and even though it's comp- this whole computer generated VFX stuff, it took you out a little bit, Bruce. I f- I found that I found it just immersive. So, yeah, uh, Eric, your final thoughts on the that- wanting mayor.
1: Well, first of all, the the love it or hate it um, is completely accurate um, as far as this movie goes. But I think you know if you're doing any type of artwork, that's kind of what you strive for, isn't it? You <laughs> you take swings and either it works or it doesn't. And sometimes it you know you got a movie like this where it does work on people and it totally doesn't work on people. So I mean, in that in that regard, this is definitely a success because it's it's. Uh, you know, what you say, this is definitely, the, I, I I, have to believe this is absolutely the movie they wanted to make. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like they tried something and that, and it, they just fell on their face. It, this is clearly the movie they wanted to make. And yeah, um, as both of you said previously, uh, this is, and uh, to Bruce's point, yeah, get, if you're, if you're 10, 15 minutes in and this is not your thing, bail. But then again, like I mentioned with the beginning, mm-hmm. um, maybe you're 15 minutes in and it's not your cup of tea right now. Doesn't mean throw it away. You know, maybe you're just not in that, that headspace. Maybe you want to try to come back.
2: Well, Although and, I think Bruce tried that. So Well, and all that being not. said, the second half, I enjoyed the second half a lot more than the first half. So, I mean, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, right? Because I really didn't dig the first half, but the second half did capture me a bit more with some of the stuff that Greg is talking about too. The the character stuff did kind of come around and the story stuff did kind of come around a little bit. So I mean I could see what it was doing, but I was I had enough of my one foot out the door so I couldn't get pulled all the way back. But I I I see what you're saying too. Like I think there's some people could get pulled into it. I would say if you're on the fence, stick with it for sure. I think you'll get more out of it as it goes if you're on the fence and if you like the visuals, I think it's worth the ride. If you're like me and the visuals aren't working for you and the story's not working for you, then it's probably not going to be enough for you. I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't know how much the Watching Mirror cost over its five years. What the budget was? I'm assuming the VFX cost some money, but let's just call this an indie project, okay? Mm-hmm. The fact that this indie project looks like what you know, what, whatever, pro, whatever thoughts you have regarding the visual effects, okay. But I thought it, it's still for an independent film, wow. And I'm, I would bet, you know, I don't know if this is house money I'm working with, but I would bet that Nicholas Ash Bateman is going to have a quite, a, quite a solid career in cinema because if he can drum up this kind of vision for five years and stay on the course, whether you love or hate the work. I'm just, I I'm thinking this guy could be really high in the ladder cinematically. And I'm really excited to see because hopefully, you know, one can one during the artistic process, hopefully gets better and better. I would love to see what he has to offer down the road for the wanting mayor. That said the wanting mayor for me is a definite high recommend, but it has a caveat. Like you, you guys were saying, if, if you're into the aesthetic within the first 10, 15 minutes, you're going to, you're going to want, you're going to want to see the rest of the, mo- the movie. But if you are checked out right from the get go, maybe veer off and go someplace else. But again,
2: high recommend for me, Bruce Perky,
0: low recommend, not, not even a recommend. This is a
2: thumbs down. It, for me, it's a thumbs down, but like anything, I want to be realistic to people and give them like how, to, like you just said. So it won't be numb, thumbs down for everybody. Cause it's a very singular vision. And if that vision keys into your brain you're gonna love it so and eric holmes my thumbs
1: as as
2: we all said
1: my thumbs are irrelevant (laughs) watch the first 10 minutes and you'll know exactly whether you're in or not but yeah for me i did like it and to your point greg earlier i think this is the one i'm gonna like more the more i dig into it
0: yeah and lastly Eric Holmes was the one who actually wanted to see The Wanting Mirror. I, I gave, gave you guys uh, some movies maybe that coming up next week and Eric Holmes just said, obviously, he picks, as Eric Holmes does, he picks the most offbeat one out of the selections that I gave. I, I was, it is so weird that I, I was thinking, oh, my man, this is a movie that probably Eric and Bruce will really dig and I'm just going to bear through it. But if for some reason, this one swept me away. That is now The Wanting Mirror. Now it's going to be hitting theaters Friday, February, th- February 5th on VOD and in U.S. cinemas regarding being swept away. I'm doing the movie Rewind this week. You guys have been doing it for the last couple of weeks regarding pumping PG Psycho Gorman. I finally saw this movie. death you will be spared the sight of your planet being torn to pieces watching as everyone you hold dear is drowned in a sea
1: of their own blood it!
2: <clears throat> no i am not a man i
1: am a wolf man and you're gonna let go of my stupid wiener bro right now
0: and it goes back to what bruce was saying last week about psych- psycho Gorman, or maybe a couple of weeks ago where you were saying this movie is set in the 1990s, but it doesn't show off its time. And I thought, Bruce, I thought this this movie was a lot better than, I, I already I already trusted you and Eric, but I was surprised at how awesome this movie was because I think it, it doesn't traffic in, it is a campy film, but it doesn't traffic in that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it just tells a really great story. I'm not going to do the plot synopsis. Eric and Bruce, they've done it, it's written and directed by Stephen Kostansky. He, I had no idea he did all the the creature features and the prosthetics for this movie. Something mm-hmm. I I want to talk about. Did you guys really love all of the creatures from PG Psycho Gorman? Let's just talk about yes. how awesome those warriors are, right?
2: <laughs> yes, they're so fun.
0: Yeah, there's there's that war. That's there's the warrior who has the. He, he's fighting pg psycho gorman or just pg for short right one of the warriors has just all he does is he spews blood and it has no effect and, and inside there's just a bunch of corpses or heads
2: and it just gross it's like a bucket it's like a bucket of body parts kind of walking around sort of yeah
0: yeah i i don't know what else to say about this movie i i just it's it's currently on demand in digital it came out in theaters friday january 22nd but let's Let's be honest, it's on demand and digital. This guy, I, I listened to him on a, a podcast. I forget which one, Stephen Kostansky. He lives, he's based in Toronto and his day job is doing, doing creature features and stuff like that. But this is actually his labor of love. This is a movie that's a labor of love, of love for him. So I think you can really tell how much he really loved the story. I mean, he wrote it, of course, but you can tell there's a lot of love that's put into this 95 Minutes I wanted you for some reason. You guys didn't really want to mention the dad. I I forgot what the dad's name was. I think it's the dad's name is Greg. Probably one of the most the most interesting. Eric, don't you think he's one of the most interesting fathers ever in uh, PG Psycho Gorman? He might be my second favorite Greg of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should make a movie just based <laughs> on the dad from PG Psycho Gorman because I I don't know maybe. <laughs> maybe i don't know we could do some pitch with that with that writer director right now just have a movie just based on i think his name is greg and just have him maybe maybe one day he starts standing up and actually becomes the protagonist of his own story i don't know that so like
1: when the the, when the thing was yelling at him in the bathroom i think i mentioned that last time but it's like (laughs) you gotta go and do this or you're gonna burn in hell "Ah!" it, (laughs) it disappears like where are you going anywhere? I don't know where it is it's a thirty two <laughs> yeah,
0: and I guess to to reiterate on the rewind, if you're looking for it is it has its share of gore, but it's not gore to the point of violence it's gore because you're it's fun it's fun to watch if you if you're a fan of what like Bruce practical effects and that that type of milieu it's it's right up everyone's alley i don't know huge huge recommendation for p g psycho Gorman on digital on demand did you guys have a favorite monster from pg psycho gorman from your
2: recollection
1: Probably. i love
2: i love tube tube man tube man is on the guy council council he's the guy that has like a, it's like a brain faced thing in a tube and his his reactions i just think are the most hilarious it's just obviously a puppet but he's always like shocked by everything that's happening <laughs> i love that guy it's like
1: the only question is who wants to die first <laughs> just raises the hand. Th- that probably be mine too. But uh, since Bruce already said that, I guess I'll go with their uh, their best friend that turned into a brain. Oh no, the cop that turned into yes. that
0: melted thing and just shoot like yeah. shooting the gun
1: for no reason. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, this movie is just deliciously cheesy, but it's it's uh, substantial. It's substantial cheese. I th- I think it's it's just really good stuff. I hi- highly recommend it psycho pg psycho gorman out now on digital and and on demand we're going to go with our first find your fill recommendation this week bruce perky what's your first recommendation
2: well uh, i promise this will be my last my last grumpy one i guess (laughs) where i'm doing this one because it I, i posted a little thing on the cinematics page and it got enough conversation i think some people are interested in this movie and it's brand new so we could talk about it and i know that eric has seen it so it should have a little bit of conversation with it and that is the brand new release the little things directed by john lee hancock on hbo max i believe he also directed uh, oh boy the the founder, founder *Highwaymen*, and the highwayman yeah, highwayman what's the one with the blackied? saving mr banks saving mr banks yeah. he
0: did he did the alamo he did the rookie so
2: yeah he's a lot a of, of americana
0: things. americana stuff
2: yeah, yeah. So uh, this stars Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. So they are pushing it very much as a, uh, you know, three Oscar winners, you know, in a movie. It's really trying to be like a very throwback, serial killer, crime, procedural kind of cop movie. And I went into it kind of thinking like, this doesn't look great, but it kind of might be a lot of, it might be a lot of fun. You know, these actors could all chew the scenery pretty well. And it could really be kind of a guilty pleasure cheeseburger kind of movie, you know. So I went into that with that. And um, the basic concept is this. And so Washington's character, Deke, he's now just like a, he's like a marshal or like a highway patrolman almost, uh, uh, ex-LA detective, super detective almost. Uh, He has a troubled past that has made him leave being a detective. And he gets kind of pulled back in by the young, the young kind of upstart star detective, which is played by Rami Malek's character, to investigate this uh, series of murders And of course, Jared Leto eventually appears as the creepy suspect serial killer. And that's the basic setup. Uh, There's definitely some interesting character stuff with Denzel Washington's character. But for me, this was surprisingly dull. This and and surprisingly, until the last act, it was surprisingly just really predictable. Like I expected to do a little bit different and it just really didn't a lot except for a little bit with Denzel washington's character and then the very end like i said they try to upend your expectations but they do it with such incredibly stupid character choices from characters that we've seen that are supposed to be intelligent that i uh, i was fully out at that point so um i i could not recommend this as more than just a you know if you want to be a completist and you love serial killer movies go check it out but it's it's nothing special in my opinion Jared Leto
0: received a Golden Globe nomination for a supporting role. Absolutely
2: should not. No. Okay. No. Good. That is absolutely freaking ridiculous. At the best, he plays a passable, creepy, messianic. I mean, it's something he can play in his sleep because it's kind of him, you know? I and mean, he played the same character in the, the most recent Blade Runner. Uh, it's no. Well,
0: I haven't seen The Little Things yet but that's a definite not recommend from Bruce Perky. Most people have really not recommend The Little Things. I'm sure they're believing it's a little movie, but I'm wondering what Eric Holmes is thinking because there's, I think I'm, I've been reading a, a minority of people who actually really dig the the atmosphere and the throwback nature of the, the Little Things and wondering, Eric, for you, did it catch you that way as well or are you on the Bruce Perky train regarding... This is sort of a waste of your time.
1: If you walk into this movie with the bar set as low as it was for me, you might actually think, yeah, this ain't too bad, (laughs) which is kind of what I thought. First of all, I'm diehard for Denzel. Uh, Even even the worst movie I've ever seen Denzel Washington in, which actually might be this one. Wow.
0: Really? Okay. Wow.
1: (laughs) I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to, and, and this one wasn't bad. I I I still liked it um but it was, you know, I I just like watching Denzel Washington in anything. So he could be in he could be in
0: porn and actually that's a bad example cuz I'd love to see him in that. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like you would watch like you would watch Ricochet or Heart Condition again or Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, the John Q? Yeah, John Q was awesome. John but, Q but, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh yeah I I just love watching Denzel in anything and um actually I I kind of like Jared Leto in this too. Uh it, Bruce is right he does basically play in the same character he was in the in the uh Blade Runner movie but I think his character was a little better in this one. Rami Malek mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm not on that train. Uh and I've only I I haven't watched The Mr. Robot but I saw a little bit of Bohemian Rhapsody you never watched the whole movie and he was tooth prosthetics and that was pretty much it and this one he felt like he was about to cry the whole time and i'm just like i i wonder if if <laughs> someone else was uh cast in rami Moloch's part to shoot maybe oscar isaac like if oscar isaac was in rami Malek's part and then you had him and denzel yeah. i think this movie would have been way way better and you know you can keep jared leto in there too he wasn't, he wasn't terrible in this and he's Probably a better joker in this than he was in suicide squad, so you got that <laughs> that to look forward to, <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah I mean this 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 has its place um this is not you know not the best movie I've seen this year, but it's not terrible, but again my my bar was set way low when when going into it. I think it, I get reminded of the first time I saw it, Daredevil, the one with Ben Affleck, everyone was saying it was the worst movie ever. And I've never been a fan of Daredevil anyway. So then, when I went to the theater and watched Daredevil, like my, the bar was set so low. watched it go. You know, this is the best
0: comic book movie I've seen in a long time. So, um, yeah. Bottom line, though, Denzel Washington aside, this is has a ton of flaws.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, the, yeah. may, maybe uh, maybe yeah. I mean, like you, I said, I went care- in. Yeah. If you, if you don't care so much about that, maybe you watch it and, you know, kind of turn your brain off a little bit and just watch a, you know, a seven be.
2: We'll call it, we'll call this five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah also, my biggest problem was like, I went in with a low expectation, but I wanted it just to be kind of like cheesy fun, you know, like let's have a fun, you know, detective movie. And I think the problem with me is that it wasn't even that fun. Like it wasn't very exciting. Like it was way too subdued. Like it's like, they really pulled everybody down. I would have loved if they, I think of all of them, um, you know, Jared Leto was allowed to kind of chew it up a little bit, but I think that they could have freed them up a little bit and let them just have a little more fun with those roles. And I think that would have, I don't know. It's just kind of a, a mm. dull experience to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So
2: that. I, I should add one more
1: thing I and mean, I won't give away the ending, but where this movie ends, I don't think this is a story we need to see on <laughs> days like today, uh, given uh, things that happen with cops. Um, there's uh date. I need to stop. Bruce is nodding. So he knows exactly what I'm talking about, but, but uh, I, I, I don't want to say any more than that. Cause it will give away things. Not that there's much to give away, but there's uh but we'll just say this movie's a little tone deaf towards the end. We'll, do, we'll leave it there.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, I'm excited to actually now watch The Little Things because <laughs> I haven't seen Saving Mr. Banks or, but I've every everything that John Lee Hancock has directed, I have really enjoyed, especially The Founder, which is probably my one of my all time favorite films from Michael Keaton performances. So hopefully, The Little Things. I don't know. Maybe I might might like it a little bit more than you guys, but it's weird. I see some people really, really dig this movie, but it's just a a minute, just a small selection, but everyone else really, they're not on board with the little things currently streaming on HBO Max. Okay. So Eric Holmes, what's your first recommendation? Well, uh, my first recommendation, we watched the uh,
1: movie bears podcast last week and they were doing their uh, top movies of 2020. They they tend to watch a lot more animated movies than I do. And, but they kept bringing up onward. And that was one of the Pixar movies that just kind of went right by me and wasn't really interested in, but I love the movie bears. And I, when, when they're this strong on something, you got to at least give it a shot. So I went and checked out onward and, uh, mm-hmm. I I would say this is uh this is pretty good uh pretty top shelf Pixar for me and plus they had like a bunch of the the D and D kind of nerdy stuff to it and I I like that had um some actual funny parts which you know sometimes Pixar is a little bit funny like but at least for me Pixar is usually amusing like I never really laugh out loud but in this one I did quite a few times. And uh, I don't know what I could say about Onward because I'm pretty sure everyone on the planet except me has seen it at this point. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I, I haven't seen Onward. So all right. Well, uh, that, I I would uh, I would recommend this. It's definitely a road trip movie, you know, because they're trying to uh, their dad. They do a spell that makes their dead dad come alive, but it like stops halfway, and so it's just his legs. So they're walking around <laughs> with his dad's legs, and. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's actually kind of a and d adventure because the stuff that they have to find, you know, they find one thing that leads them to another thing that leads them to another as happens in a D&D uh, campaign. you know, if you ever play that and it's uh, it's also one of the uh, and Pixar's great at this, you know, has me crying like a little bitch at the end, like,
2: <laughs> like all the best <laughs>
1: Pixar movies do. And this one was no different. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank the movie Bears because I probably yeah. I, I didn't really have a huge interest in watching it. And I did. And I'm glad I did. And, you know, if the kids want to
0: watch it, I'll gladly watch this one again. Onward, The Wanting Mirror, or The Little Things, which is the best movie out of the three, Eric? Onward. By Onward. a lot. <laughs> By a lot. Okay. Yeah. That uh, means one of these days, I, you know, I, I, Bruce, you a, you're a Pixar guy? You're a Pixar dude? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's it's
2: actually... I was going to watch it this week. I just ran out of time. So it, it'll be watched by me in the next couple of weeks sometime. So
0: Okay, and that is the Movie Bears podcast. William Lindis is a buddy of all three of us. We please support the Movie Bears podcast. They do a lot of great work over at their respective site and their podcast. So I have a little... Oh, Bruce, you, you look like you're on the...
2: Oh, I was something. just going to say William Lindis this week has been watching. He like bought the pass for Sundance and he's been posting. He's watched like 30 movies this week or something is, from that Sundance. That is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Amazing. He's,
1: he's got a problem. We're going to have to give him an intervention.
0: <laughs> yeah. William Lindis, we need, you need an intervention. Actually, I thank you, William Lindis for all your, I'm going to say it again. I'd say this a million times. we value added, value addled, no value added contributions because whenever he posts some some movie on on our feed on our cinematics feed it's usually a movie that doesn't come out for the next 7 or 8 months so
2: <laughs> that yep
0: so that's really good stuff really good stuff my i have a weird an interesting recommendation okay it's in theaters february 5th on demand and digital february 9th and i feel bad that this is a movie that none of us that i should have gotten you guys links we should have talked about this movie it's this film called private chat and it made its world premiere at Fantasia International Film Festival both of you guys are were both of you guys a fan of uncut gems i'm sure mm-hmm. you guys the the main girl in the movie her name's Julia Fox okay mm-hmm. so in this movie Julia Fox is the cam girl in private chat
2: hey what's up
1: look who it is
0: good to see you
2: again
1: <laughs> i didn't expect you back so soon i was pretty brutal last time
2: what have you like? What have you been doing since we, since we last spoke?
0: Nothing much. Just abusing slaves like you.
2: Come on. Can I? How, how much do I have to tip you for you to just like, drop the act a little bit and just like talk to me?
1: Two hundred tokens. Okay. Okay.
2: Two hundred tokens.
1: I guess I used to kind of enjoy painting.
2: Wow. That's awesome.
1: No, it's not. Yes, that's amazing. You're an artist. That's the coolest thing I've heard all day. Oh, well, then your life must be pretty boring.
0: So she is the object of, of desire from this guy named, of this guy named Jack. And Jack is played by this guy named Peter Back. And Jack, he lives in a, an apartment in New York City, specifically in Chinatown. And all he does to make money is he's an internet gambler blackjack, poker, whatever, he makes money off that. And he's in an apartment. You don't know what happened to his roommate, but he's, he's creepy at night around midnight. He he goes trolling through his neighborhood, looking at the local massage parlors, hopefully, hoping he has $200, $220 to actually have sex for the evening. And then after that, after that experience, maybe he'll go back to his apartment and have some kind of conversation which leads into something else with the cam girl. So played by Julia Fox. That's the premise of private chat. It centers on how Jack gets to know this cam girl named Scarlett and it centers on their relationship, his creepy attraction to her, his obsession for her. But what I loved about private chat was it has all of these salacious and erotic and topics, but it, brings it in a weird way, it brings a human face to the whole proceedings. It's written and directed by ben hosey h o z i I believe he's a newcomer he's a novice filmmaker and he does a really great job. He's also the d p and the editor of this movie so this is a very indie indie film and this is Julia fox before she starred in uncut gems and she's very good in this movie and yeah i i just really and what's what's weird is this guy Jack, who's an internet gambler, and he's a he's a sex addict. He's a gambling addict. He's he lies through his teeth. Ultimately, he's he's just a very likable guy. He, he's this movie is very funny too. It has it's funny moments. Has its tragic moments. I ended up really enjoying Private Chat. And yeah, this is one of these movies that I wish, with its DIY flavor, it would have been cool if if I got you guys the links. I always. But hey, I'm glad we, we talked about the one the the wanting mirror. So mm-hmm. that's but private chat is something hopefully maybe it might be in your in your guys' purview down the road. Stars Julia Fox, Peter Back, and also also it is written and directed by Ben Hosey. Check
2: it out. All right. So that's private chat. Bruce, what's your next recommendation? My next one is actually just is Black Klansman, which I had never seen. Uh, recently popped up on Hulu, and it's also on um, Fubo and FX Now and Directv, and you know you can probably find it anywhere to to rent as well. And um, I saw it pop up on Hulu. Middle Fast Class Film Class was also doing their their whole episode on it this coming week, so I thought double win. You know, I can watch it for the first time, and they're going to watch it as well. So anyway, Spike Lee. I don't know where you guys all fall on Spike Lee. Uh, Spike yeah. Lee. I love Defy Bloods. I loved Defy Bloods last year. I, right. know you didn't, I know you didn't like it. I, I was in between on it. I was like half and half. Uh, to me, okay, Spike Lee to me is this. He is similar to Kevin Smith and Rob Zombie. And that sounds weird, but I'll tell you what I mean by that. They all three make movies that I consistently want to watch. They all three make movies that consistently have weird things that just don't quite work to me. But they always make interesting movies. So Spike Lee is one of those guys. That being said, I think this is to me one of the best most successful movies he's made in the last 20 years. I mean, it's 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 really good. I don't know if you both have seen this movie. Have you either of you it. seen it? No, I haven't okay. seen it. Yeah. So, I've I've seen bits and pieces but not the whole front to back. Well, it's funny cuz I was about I want to say 30 minutes into this movie and I immediately messaged Eric and I'm like, "Eric, <laughs> Don't you live in Colorado Springs? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, this whole thing takes place in Colorado Springs. The actual story took place in Colorado Springs. So that right out of the bat was very interesting to me. Um, And I'm guessing that when you watch it, you can tell me how many of those scenes are really there. I'm assuming a lot of them were filmed there because they look pretty specific. looks like a cool place, by the way. Anyway, it's a really interesting story, a real life story. Obviously, this is probably real life presented kind of the way Tarantino presents real life. I'm sure there's some some, you know, some liberties taken with the facts, but that's okay. It's still an interesting story. And the story is there's this new police officer Ron Stalworth and he was the first they the way they show it is, he's like one of the first black police officers in that police force. And um immediately they send him in to be undercover in like the black Panther and the black student unions and all that kind of stuff to try to kind of get the info on what's going on with these radical black activists. Well, he right out of the gate, decides to call the the local chapter of the clan and say, Hey, I want to join. And of course they haven't seen him. He's on the phone and they say, come on down. So then Adam driver's character, another cop on the force goes as his, um, uh, you know his persona uh to to join the clan and they infiltrate the clan so basically you've got John David Washington yeah Denzel Washington's son uh, from Tenet of course he's amazing in this movie he's very charismatic he's wonderful and uh he's the voice of the guy trying to boi- join the clan and then Adam Driver is the face and that's kind of the setup for the movie and um it's Tense. It's so funny sometimes. It's really, you know, it's disheartening because you see the the crazy ideas and racist stuff that's happening in this group as he they try to join it, uh, and it doesn't veer too far from some of the realities we have right now, which is obviously the point. And it makes you like look up what really happened and kind of find out, you know, what's true and what's not. A very for a movie this kind of heavy in theme it's totally entertaining and i can forgive a lot of the weird i guess stylistic touches that uh spike tends to use because in this movie it's they're pretty minimal and the story's engaging so cool black Klansman. and uh, i'm sure it's stre-
0: streaming everywhere on digital on demand all that stuff and mm-hmm. um, yeah cool yeah i like i i still haven't seen tenet because of, of your view, I'm, I'm still, I'm still wondering maybe I, if I should, I, Eric, should I ever, ever check out Tenet? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Speaking of which, Eric, what's your next, what's your next uh, recommendation?
1: All right. The uh, next one, I've heard a lot of buzz on this and it was going to do it last week, but we'll do it this week because we're doing it this week. And that's why, uh, this is uh Derek Delgadio's in and of itself. Uh, this is, uh, uh, i don't know people don't like to talk about this like a going going blind sort of thing and so i was uh maybe i should follow suit on that but i don't see what the um this is really good but it's basically it's a magic act if you've seen penn and teller especially when teller kind of does the magic acts by himself and they're more emotional or uh uh, even some of the acts on Penn and Teller Fool, us get this way. Darren Brown does this a lot. Usually he'll use magic to use magic tricks to kind of put people in situations in his specials. And then he's got one, I think like Miracles, which is um, uh, a good example of that is he talks about like faith healers and uh, evangelists that like, oh, I'm going to, bam, all of a sudden you can walk in. And he does all those tricks to kind of uh, move the audience, but also show that, you know, this, these are all tricks. Derek, Derek Delgadio kind of does that, where he uses magic to tell a different story. Uh, his is a little more personal, actually, a lot more personal than many of them, and it's it's pretty good. It's there's one part in particular I was kind of worried about because he he kind of leans almost too much into what I think is a little immoral. There's a part uh, if you if you watch it, there's a part where people are reading letters. And I, I suspect the people watching it know it's a trick. And if that's the case, then we're fine. If it's a uh, case where they think this is real, then I have a problem with, it. I have a huge problem with it. But I think, I think for the most part, people that are watching it or they're, I think they're aware of what's going on. So that, I you know, I'm fine with it, but this is uh this is just Derek Delgado. He's a magician and he, Uses magic tricks to kind of, you know, kind of accent his own life story and the 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 emotional story he's telling, and it works really well. And if you're into it, I I imagine if you're watching it in person, uh, like a live setting, it might work even better on you. But if you can't watch on a live setting, you watch on uh, you watch on uh, on Amazon, I think, or HBO Plus. I think it's on HBO Plus or Hulu or something. Um, Hulu it's on, on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. And so I yeah, just watch it and it, it, it'll probably move you. You know, you got to you got to turn your cynical brain off and just kind of get into it, but I think once you do it'll, you know, it'll you might drop tear or two and uh definitely worth watching. And if you like it, check out Darren Brown cuz he does very similar stuff just using magic to uh tell bigger stories
2: than just doing card tricks.
0: It's uh, really interesting. You Bruce, you love this one as well.
2: Yeah, it's really good. And I would just add in um, for people, if they're trying to kind of picture it in their brain, another thing I might mention is because if they hear magic, people have definite like preconceptions. They hear the word magic, even if they hear Penn and Teller, I would also throw in like Spalding Gray. Like if you're experienced like Spalding Gray's kind of one man spoken word shows, if you kind of imagine that mixed with audience participation, sort of magic, but sort of storytelling, I think that should give you a, an idea at least going yeah. in. It's good. Uh, the uh, Ricky J, Ricky J, uh-huh.
1: and his fifty-two assistants. That's another good example of that. Now, like, and he's just doing card tricks the whole time, but he tells a story, and and every time he does a card trick, that kind of accents a point in his story. Yeah. And now his, his isn't as emotional as this, but it's it's equally as engaging because you think, oh, someone's yeah. doing card tricks, but when you watch Ricky J or David Elgadio do magic tricks, it's like, it's <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard not to lean in further and just, just want to take in more of it. Uh Definitely worth a watch. And uh yeah, check it out. Sure.
0: Elgadio's in and of itself. Sorry, Eric documentary currently streaming on Hulu. I totally want to see this. It's directed. I had no idea. Had for no us. idea. It's directed by freaking Frank Oz, who is a stud. If you love the Muppets, you know he's a big part of that whole universe. But he's also directed. I'm a Brando fan. He also directed the, in my opinion, the the under, yeah, the underrated film, the score. I love that film. It Bowfinger, underrated. Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin collab. In and out, one of Kevin Klein's best performances. Yeah, what about Bob? Dirty Rotten mm-hmm. Scoundrels, Little Shop of Horrors, the Muppet, the Muppets Take Manhattan. And a little-known film from 1982 called *The Dark Crystal*. So I'm definitely gonna watch. Yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely gonna watch this movie in and of itself. Totally, uh, it's currently streaming on Hulu. So, Eric, you we gonna say something? No, oh, no. I was just a thumbs
1: good? up for *Dark
0: Crystal*. I, I would mention though that it,
1: it's weird saying this is. I mean, it is directed by Frank Oz, but this is this is yeah. a live performance. This is not. Yeah. yeah. Like, and especially when you say documentary, you think. You get, uh, like Bruce said, you get things in your head, but uh, this is a live performance through and through, but yes, cool. Uh directed, and this is another banger from him, so good
0: job, Frank Oz. Another banger. Before we get to you, Bruce, I just have a very quick recommendation that comes out on Netflix, and this is a movie that I thought we were going to have, but just due to miscommunication with the higher-ups over at Netflix, I was the only one to get the screening link. I apologize to you guys for this. Malcolm and Marie would have been perfect for you, Bruce, because... You were on the John David Washington train as of this week oh. with black Klansman. Here's the thing. I did have any of you guys seen who's afraid of Virginia Wolf, the black and white. Okay. So Bruce, you yeah. love that movie directed by Mike Nichols. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. Eric Holmes directed by Mike Nichols, starring who, who was in this Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor and Sandy Dennis and George Siegel. That's four people in that movie. A lot of people have been comparing who's afraid of Virginia Wolf to Malcolm and Marie Fair, fair enough comparison but this movie sort of has a higher higher degree of difficulty because it's a it's a two-hander John David Washington and Zendaya Zendaya that's that's them that's the movie that's Malcolm and Marie and it's them for i don't know how long arguing up in this home in the Hollywood Hills after the premiere night Malcolm is a up and coming director filmmaker he has a big premiere And a lot of great, there's just a lot of great reviews, a lot of great talks, uh, just a lot of great word of mouth from the premiere. He's getting a good feeling. He comes home and Marie, his longtime lover, she is making him mac and cheese. It should be the best night of his life. But you can tell that Marie, there's something amiss. And Marie is a little bit tense and he can read her as people who are close can read each other's any and, and two lovers can, can I, not like I know anything about relationship, but people can read each other and Malcolm realizes something's going on. Marie says, let's wait until the morning to talk about it. Malcolm wants to solve everything. And that's where the, the just this cavalcade, this snowball effect of just a ton of arguments, vectives, insults, gossip slander is thrown about for a long time and this feels like and it's shot in black and white it's written and directed by sam levinson from assassination nation which i haven't seen and he's also the i believe the creator of euphoria which also stars zendaya so you know sam levinson and zendaya have a good collaboration and and connection guys who is sam levinson's father Barry Levinson.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, Barry. Barry
0: Levinson. No, Steve Levinson. Steve, Steve Levinson. Could it be Steve Levinson or it could it be, I think the right answer is like you guys, you said initially. And like you said, Bruce, Barry Levinson. Hortense Levinson. Hortense Levinson. But, but <laughs> Sam, Sam Levinson, I, yeah, he's definitely as talented as his father, Malcolm and Marie beautifully shot. It's gorgeous to look at. Shot in black and white. Excellent performances from John David Washington and Zendaya. I thought, in my opinion, if I if this movie, if I got the screen a little bit earlier in my best of list, I would have put them up right as far as Oscar nominations for both. It's just a really well done thing. and One of the things is why see a movie about two beautiful people arguing. There's some really great, the monologues are fantastic. And especially if you're a movie fan, and I, I said this in my review on cinematics, if you know filmmakers like Gilo Pontecorvo or William Wyler, Malcolm goes on this, Malcolm is... I'm not saying too much about the arguments, but Malcolm is a huge cinephile. So when he rants, he rants, his rants are some, are something that will definitely appeal to movie buffs. So that's really cool. And on the flip side, Zendaya, she's the ingenue. She's 12 years younger than him in real life. In the movie, it shows that she's the sort of inexperienced one, but she has her fun in the sun as well as far as trying to tear down Malcolm. So great performances from both. It's right now, currently, as we speak, 6.0 6.0 out of 10 on IMDb. I think that's way too low. Again, this goes back to what we were saying about the 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 watching mirror. There's going to be people who really don't like this movie because it's just all exposition and it may seem a little bit too pretentious the way it's done with the black and white. And someone even mentioned it looks like just a two-hour Calvin Klein ad, which is... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But I love the music. There's some James Brown. There's some Duke Ellington. There's William Bell. Just some really great. Everything about this movie works for me. And I'm remiss that we weren't able to actually all talk about Malcolm and Marie because I'm sure we would have had differing opinions like we did with the mayor. But we'd love to hear what you guys think about it if you guys see it on Netflix this weekend. But again, Malcolm and Marie comes out Friday, February 5th via Netflix. Question? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. How, how does this compare to War of the Roses? That's a great question. War of the Roses R- War of the Roses? Yeah, it that's to me that's that's a classic movie. I think it comp- but that also has it's share of dark yeah. humor, right? This one has moments of levity, but very few. It's just more of a pummeling of just arguments.
1: Might might you say it'd be good, because it it sounds like it'd be a good uh, double feature, maybe, like the the comedic version and
0: the dramatic version of a similar story, maybe? Right. Yeah, no, no, good. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yes. War War of the Roads, just think about some of those sequences, just even, what, 30 years later, it's still just... I love that movie. I I you know that's that should be a rewatch. That movie should totally be a rewatch. <laughs> I love War of the Roses. And it, it makes it makes you smile, even though there's a lot of dark stuff that <laughs> yeah. happens in War of the Roses. And in many ways, War of the Roses is a little bit darker than Malcolm and Marie. But Malcolm and Marie is just straight up, it's just straight up mostly a serious movie. It would be a pretty good recommend. It would be a pretty good double feature. The linear double feature would be. Watch Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf first or whichever, and then top it off with Malcolm and Marie and then compare. It's hard because Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is directed by then young Mike Nichols. And then you have Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor, and then you and Sandy Dennis won the Oscar, supporting actress Oscar for that. And then you have George Siegel giving a great performance. That's tough. That's tough to measure up to, but I think this is what these guys from Malcolm and Marie were trying to do, and it's also the perfect. This is, this is also the perfect coronavirus movie, right? They're all sheltering in place. They're all arguing in that Hollywood Hills home. If you, even if you don't like the the material as far as the, the words or or the characterizations, it's good to look at just on a visual level. To. Maybe you can pick up your ideas if you're a visualist yourself or a filmmaker, or if you just want to see some pretty pictures on a superficial level, Malcolm and Marie is worth it. I am partial. I think all of us are partial to black and white movies, right? So some beautifully shot black and white films. So I do like yeah. them. Yes. All Me right. Too. So that, that is my final, I think, do you, I th- Eric, you don't have any more finals because we're going to get to what's in the box. You have one more. Okay. Br- Bruce, do you have one more recommendation.
2: I just have the what's in the box movie. So maybe okay. Eric, Eric, knows? you go.
0: Yeah, Eric, what's your final one? All right, the
1: last one is a uh documentary, proper documentary directed by Kelly Dwayne, and this is on Netflix, and it's called Remaster the Two Killings of Sam Cook. I'm a pretty big Sam Cook fan. And the you know, the uh the title is what drew me in because I was like, oh, it's gonna be about his death and probably uh, but it started off as uh you know Sam Cooke just had that voice that no one could master, and blah blah blah, No, he's the best singer, and like I was like, okay, i like, I love Sam Cooke, but I'd much rather listen to his music than listen to people talk about his music if that makes any sense, yeah, uh, but then they started getting into his uh you know that went on for about fifteen minutes and they started going getting into his what he meant to the black community back then and how he tried to you know, kind of push forward his career being a black man. And then they talked about the one night in Miami, the what one night in Miami is about, and then how he, uh, spend a lot of time with malcolm x and then all of a sudden the fbi is on his ass and then that that's about the halfway point of the moot or the documentary and that's when things really start to get interesting because now it's not just oh well sam cook is great yeah yeah we know now it's oh sam cook may have been really assassinated <laughs> And uh, uh, that's about all I can get into it. But uh, needless to say, this starts off as a pretty lame music documentary, and it turns into a uh, kind of conspiracy theory, but not that conspiracy theory. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> a lot of the stuff kind of lines up, and uh, it, it, you know, you know, you hear conspiracy theories, and, and you're like, well, that's you know, they, 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 you, they, you can easily poke the holes in it. This is one where I think this is less conspiracy theory than it is this is the official story but we all know what really happened and we're just not going to talk about it that's kind of what this documentary is and it's very interesting just you know if you don't like music documentaries just stick with it till the halfway point because then that's when it really starts ramping up and it uh it it becomes interesting
0: and uh it's on netflix so if you have netflix i love love sam (laughs) cook remastered the two killings of sam cook The reason why I'm going to see this movie, it's it's only 74 minutes. I'm all about that. (laughs) I am going to try. I'm trying, Bruce. I'm trying. I'm trying with the 500 movies this this uh, this year. I'm actually as of what are you up to? Yeah, what are you up to, man? I'm I'm still only up to 33, but that's still not bad. I'm actually going to throw in some shorts. I'm going to throw in some shorts too. So do it, Greg. If you watch it seven times
1: speed, you can get this done in ten minutes. (laughs) Ten
0: minutes. Oh no, I'm not going to do that speed stuff. I only do that with. (laughs) Did you? Did I only do in that in Maya my relationships. Darin? What did you put in your Maya Darren shorts yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I definitely. Yeah. Okay. By the All way, right. listeners, check check out on my Maya Darren <laughs> director spotlight. I did put in. Okay. Good. Bruce Perky. Yes. I I have thirty three films as of today. Four of them being Maya Darren shorts. No, <laughs> so.
2: I I support that. No, 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 I'm, no, no. I know. I'm like, I do it, man. Yeah. Who cares? Totally. It's only for you. You know. So what? Who cares? Speaking of. No, I'm going to try to monetize it. I'm kidding. So speaking of
0: which, speaking of director spotlights. Yes. Yes. Bruce Perky, before we get into your what's in the box segment. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, what, what you got, what you got for what's coming up for the director. It's your turn. Yeah. We're going to do Jacques Turner. Is that how you pronounce his name? Turner? Turner. (laughs) Turner. Eric Holmes, how do you pronounce it? Is it Turner oh okay <laughs> i can't do that i'm gonna pronounce it the way you pronounce Jacques. it Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> and what just a little tease what have you been uh, listening what have you learned a little bit about him are you excited to talk about him when we record on saturday
2: uh, i am really excited to talk about him because i hadn't i had known mostly of just of his horror output mostly with val luton cat people. Uh, Night of the Demon, which is the one, one of the ones I suggested we watch just because it's not talked about as much, but I didn't know anything about his noir films. So I had picked one of his noir films because I saw it always pop up as considered a a good noir film, which was out of the past. And I'm still watching more of his movies now because we have a couple more days and uh, you had suggested Nightfall. So I've been watching Nightfall. He's a lot of fun. I think he's got some really good stuff. I think we're gonna have a great conversation about him.
0: Yes, I'm excited for that. I, I'm glad you picked him, Bruce. It was a blind pick. And I think what was great this going this goes to the point of the Val Luton stuff is you you strayed away from the obvious. Cat people would have been the obvious choice. The Val Luton, we it's been covered ad nauseum, but I I hopefully we'll be able to talk about how underrated a filmmaker jacques turner was eric holmes uh, you you were able to some of your research you actually even though bruce perky has watched cat people i'm sure numerous times over the years you you actually got to see it cat people as part of your research for saturday's recording right
1: i, I haven't rewatched cat people yet but uh i did watch the uh the curse of the demon <laughs> as i was telling uh brute you guys earlier it was like got about uh three minutes in and i was like Wait a second. I've seen this. Uh-oh. So apparently I knew more about Jacques Turner previously than I thought I did. But yeah, his movies are pretty fantastic and cannot wait to talk about them.
0: Eric Holmes already made the big the big mistake. The big mistake before we talk about Jacques Turner on, on Saturday. Bruce, what was that mistake? He watched Curse of the Demon as opposed to Night of the Demon. Was eh, that a big mistake? No, yeah, they're both, okay, they're okay, both okay.
2: good. Okay, they're fine. Okay. Do you
0: know what the difference is? One of them is 13 minutes longer. I don't know. I don't know, but... Uh, Either way, I'm sure both movies are are great. I I, I ended up seeing Night of the Demon. Well, Mm -hmm.
1: Well, now that you say that, maybe I didn't see curse of the demon <laughs> it was you... night of the demon that i saw
0: yes yes night of the demon I, is the i, I night... don't know if i saw, i don't know if i saw a 13 minute longer one or shorter one i don't know yeah, yeah. well with the night of the demon you get 13 minutes more of the smoke monster okay so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you're gonna get little spoiler alert so that'll be our recording for the Director spotlight on saturday that will be up on our pod find your film podcast feed this coming weekend on jacques tournor if you if you want to play along with us We'll be covering out of the past, a little bit of cat people, but our main move, our main movies are out of the past and night of the demon slash curse of the demon and Bruce Perky threw in some, some nightfall as well. So I think we all
2: need to watch nightfall too. Don't you think we all need to watch nightfall? It's like what? 70 minutes, minutes. 80 minutes.
0: Okay. So yeah, I I think that's a perfect. And I, even though Eric Holmes hasn't seen it, don't you think Bruce that it's something that Eric Holmes would really appreciate?
2: Okay. He's going to dig it. It's good
0: okay I, my my only I thing don't, bruce I don't know about it. my only thing bruce regarding our the turner spotlight we're going to do on saturday we got to make sure that we we keep it under two and a half hours because uh eric holmes will be talking about kirk douglas for about two the first two hours don't you think <laughs> we got to <be>, stop
2: <laughs> and mitchum you got mitchum and yeah oh yeah I mean, oh, yeah.
0: yeah and jane greer oh my god so many so, <laughs> so many good things so 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 good speaking of so good what what's going on with what's in the box
2: well, last week's What's in the Box choice was from Andrew Martin from Andrew Watches Movies. Come back to us one of these days, Andrew Watches Movies. Andrew Martin said, I should watch The Brood. So this was a rewatch for me, but I hadn't seen The Brood for, oh, I don't know, 30 years probably, whenever it came out on VHS in the 80s. I know Eric has seen The Brood at some point. I'm assuming, Greg, have you ever seen The Brood? I've never seen The Brood. Yep. Uh, I've also famous. never
0: seen Wolfen. I've also never seen The Howling. I've also never seen An American Werewolf in London. I just wanted to throw, lower my my credibility as as the the seconds
2: rolled on. There is a slight connection to one of those movies, believe oh. it or not. But The Brood is David Cronenberg, one of his earlier movies. Uh, I would I think this is about his third or maybe fourth movie for where well, he's still kind of a a cult favorite at that point. I guess he's always been kind of a cult favorite, but he wasn't a household name quite yet the brood is 1979 currently you can get it on hbo max criterion canopy rental of course the main actors in it are oliver reed if you know oliver reed he's an a very famous actor you've seen in him oh my gosh million things like he, the devils you know the devils yeah i love the devils i oh, should talk about that sometime he was i think his last movie was gladiator if i remember correctly yeah, anyway yeah a, a well-known like kind of rough and tumble actor off the set as well <laughs> Um, He plays Dr. Hal Raglan, and he's kind of one of these, uh, in the 70s, there was all of these self-help and extreme kind of psychotherapy kind of groups, and he is kind of a a guru of this sort of um, offbeat brand of that, kind of like they had Scream Therapy and Est and all these weird almost culty psychotherapy kind of groups. And he's kind of the secretive leader of this group. They call themselves psychoplasmics. And one of his, and I thought it was forever. I thought this was Karen Black, but actually the main actress is Samantha Egger. She plays Nola and she is one of his, I don't know, students, I guess you'd say. She's been getting therapy up at his like compound. And her husband, Frank, played by Art Hindle, has come to take their daughter. Her daughter went up to visit and he took the daughter back. And he noticed her daughter had bruises on her body and he's upset because he thinks his daughter has been abused up at this compound. So that kind of creates the tension. You know, she's kind of sort of in a culty thing. What's going on. They're doing these weird uh, psychotherapies and he's trying to stop it. And that leads to tension. And then tension leads to, well, how do we describe the brood? They're like, um, uh, misshapen, children looking sort of things in ski suits that will attack you ferociously Uh, (laughs) this movie um this looks beautifully photographed it looks like a gorgeous looking movie this is this is very 70s but it's it's in that same camp as things like de palma i mean it has that kind of look yeah i was thinking Um, de palma all the way looking at these photos like the fury that kind of that kind of vibe yeah yeah it has that kind of look the but like any Cronenberg it's got a really odd concept and I don't really want to reveal it because it's kind of fun to figure out what's happening in it it's got a really odd concept it's got some body horror it ages I guess people watching it now in this generation probably would find a lot of it funny not as scary as it as it would have been at the time but either if you find it campy and funny or you find it scary it's super engaging and super original just the way a lot of Cronenberg stuff is he always has really ingenious and unique ideas that are engaged and it's not long it's like 90 minutes and no matter what you think funny or scary the finale the final stuff that happens with um Nola at the encampment is something you will not forget and still to this day has the ability to kind of be shocking and w- disturbing <laughs> and i don't know if you remember that part eric but once you've seen it usually you don't forget that ending uh it's it's something for sure
1: well it's been a while but uh i, I pulled something
0: out so maybe we'll be talking
2: yes. about this oh. later on
0: <laughs> the brood was that an is that an mgm
2: release mgm ua release what kind of release actually,
0: is it actually i think don't they have a criterion
1: either
2: out or coming out yeah it's on criterion channel so yeah what? it's it's got a criterion version for sure
0: yeah it's, it's yeah it's a canopy criterion and hbo max that's a lot of a lot of prestigious kind of stuff what was but your dvd was it what who, who released it was that mgm eric Holmes? yeah this
1: is one of the mgm yeah just mgm dvd oh it's, sweet uh, love when it i got the Entertainment. but uh speaking of uh david cronenberg and uh criterion also, picked up this little gem, Crash. Crash. Yeah. Maybe, we'll a, maybe we'll do a rewind and a, a repeat or a sidewind or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Crash. This, this will not
2: be the last we talk of David Cronenberg. Yeah. Okay, David. Oh, you and mean- he's still making movies. I think he's working on a movie right now. I think I heard oh, just, really? just like a day or two ago, he's working on a movie with what's his name that was in uh, the history of violence and all that stuff. Um, oh, Beagle yeah. Mortenson. Yeah, yeah, I think he's doing a new movie with Beagle Martin that's oh. right now.
0: Gosh, I love um, history of violence. I love Eastern Promises. Love whenever they work together, The Brood or The Fury, Bruce Perky. Which is
2: the better film? Hmm, they. I would say they're pretty equal. I think The Brood is a little more. Well, I don't know, man. They're a little more bonkers. I think in The Brood, it's a little more out there as far as like weirdness. But they both have an equally explosive ending. Mm. (laughs) okay eric holmes who do you point people to the fury or the brood which is the first one
0: it's been way too long since i've seen the brood Ah, but
1: i uh, if i remember correctly the fury has 100 percent more kirk douglas in it
0: i'll have to go go with that i love it oh
2: i forgot to give you the little trivia there's a couple trivia pieces then we'll, we'll we'll get the box choice two things one is i supposedly during the production of this this is in canada it's all a snowy i don't know around ontario or someplace oliver reed supposedly because he's a known drunk and crazy person has supposedly (laughs) he made a he got arrested during the production because one night he was drunk at one bar and he bet somebody that he would get totally naked and walk through the snow to the other bar however far away it was and he did that and got arrested apparently (laughs) <laughs> the the second bit of trivia is the theatrical trailer for this movie was cut by joe dante hey uh, look at that
1: yes yeah i'm gonna have George. to watch i'm gonna have to watch the trailers from hell and see if they because <laughs> they got the trailers from hell on youtube yeah uh,
0: I bet I bet they have that. As soon as we're done here, I'm watching that right away. Definitely, definitely. Wow. Okay, Joe. We love Joe Dante. Now, what you're shaking? What's in the
2: box, Bruce Perky, Regarding, I am. Yeah, and I I got five new submissions today alone. So that was a it was a good day for it okay i am okay, looking see what we- oh, what's in the box what's in
0: the box what's in, what's the-, in the fucking
1: box yes what's <laughs> oh, in the wait, what was the one bruce what was the thing bruce put up the wandavision thing
2: yeah the yes. wandavision thing
0: <laughs> dude that <laughs> was fantastic hey, hey bruce thanks for the cease and desist order uh, cease and desist <laughs> order from disney they or just the- they can't to the get out. disney
2: and marvel against us so you know <laughs> you just got all the heavy hitters I'm going to do that every week and see how long it takes them to find us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It'll take them a while to find our film. What? Okay. Nice. What do I have here? Uh, this choice was made by um, Chad Wilfong. All right, It's a Jeff Nichols film. Oh, yes. Uh, 2012, oh. Mud. Oh, very cool. Uh-huh. Very cool. Yes. I was
1: thinking I was thinking Mike Nichols. I was like, it's not Angels in America, <laughs> which one is
2: <laughs> I have actually never seen Mud, so that'll be a good one. Yeah,
0: it and is but, a good one. I, I, I promise not to drop any celebrity names, but I'm gonna drop the Jeff Nichols reference for the movie Loving during the during the awards whole shebang. The focus features they, they did a lunch for all the critics for the broadcast film critics association over at the Four Seasons Hotel. I took my mom with me. We had lunch sat right next to Jeff Nichols. Jeff Nichols was really cool to my mom. So Jeff Nichols gets always biased reviews from me. Not not saying that the biased stuff is needed because he's, you guys, I'm sure you guys love him more than me. He's such a quality filmmaker, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, and by the way, are any of you guys fans of what is that? What is that movie that James Conn was in? Was it Alien Nation or something like that? Alien, mm-hmm. with Mandy Patinkin was that? hmm yeah. Did you know that Jeff Nichols has been working on an alien nation TV series for the last four uh, years? <laughs> like alien Nation movie? Uh TV I series. TV Son of a Yeah, no, no, but so on the Team Deacons podcast, which is the Roger Deacons and his wife, they they do well, yeah, Roger Deacons and James, I believe is it his wife? Anyways, Roger Deacons and James Deacons. My bad, but Team Deacons, I believe they're, I believe they're a married couple. Maybe I'm going crazy on this, but they had Jeff Nichols and Adam Stone, director and cinematographer team, on a recent podcast. Highly recommend you guys listen to that podcast because you get to see the the inner workings of Jeff Nichols' universe. Especially, I think they talk a little bit about Mud as well. I still haven't seen Mud,
2: by the way. So yeah, it's weird. And oh, by the way, one of the things in the box has been told to me that if I pick it, you have to watch it, Greg. I've been told this. Okay. Did, I'm not going to say what it is, oh, but yeah, if yeah, I the, pull it, then you'll Okay, of course. Of course.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that is, if you, want to, if you want to actually put in your film recommendations to Bruce Perky, email him at bruceperky at gmail.com. Check out his YouTube channel movie reviews. It's called Rusto Meyer, R-U-S-T-O-M-I-R-E, or just hit us up on our Cinematics Facebook group slash community. So... That is going to be an interesting mud. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll see that as well. Eric Holmes, you love mud. You love mud. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I,
1: yeah, I, yeah. As far as I know, I've seen all his movies, unless he's got like some obscure one that he did like way before. Uh, what was it? Shotgun Stories.
0: I think was his first one. Shotguns. And then he, after that, he, I think he did take unless shots. Unless he did, yeah. Unless he
1: did some before that, I think I've seen all his movies so far, and yeah. they're all fantastic. I think.
0: It is sad that it, I mean, it sucks that he hasn't done a movie since Loving. And I think Loving came out in 2015 or 2016. A lot of that was. I think a lot of a lot of that energy went to that alienation script uh, idea that maybe yeah. hopefully it works. I but, mean, uh,
1: him doing an alienation is actually a really cool idea. I just wish it wasn't a TV series because it's like then it's it'll al- be stuck on that and you know just just do the one and done, get the movie done, and then let's move on to something else. But who knows? Maybe maybe this will be the thing to get his wheels rolling again, and then he'll be back to making more midnight specials and muds and so oh, on nice. and so forth yeah
0: we love jeff nichols and he was nice to my mom and and you're you're a huge <laughs> fan you're a huge fan as well bruce so that's a good sure, thing yeah. right so that's good but mud, mud so join us next week for find your film as uh we're going to talk about mud we're going to talk about a lot of a lot of different other movies i'm still thinking of a mo- that was was that a, a sound effect eric holmes has a nice sound effects was that what, what, what kind of sound <laughs> was yeah, that a pg Oh, mud demon! I like that. Mud demon. Yeah, or maybe or maybe a callback to PG Psycho Gorman. Either way, <laughs> I love that movie. Go see PG Psycho Gorman. I check out the the Wanting Mare. I I would say so. Bruce doesn't say so. We would love to hear what you guys think. Where Where did you? And Eric Eric Holmes is is he likes it as well. We'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Just hit us up on the on the socials. I was going to do some speed references like follow for a follow, but that's too inside baseball. But we will see you guys next week. No, we will see you guys this weekend when we step out of the past with Jacques Tourneur. Oh, wait, here am I talking. Eric Holmes, Bruce Perky, anything else to say before we go? I can't wait to get mud butt next week. <laughs> Enough said. We'll see you guys.